You're listening to Exceptions Welcome, the podcast for programming bootcamp graduates and other new or early career software developers. We're your hosts, Ben Wellhelm and Colin Miller. We're a couple of self-taught developers with 25 years of experience between us, and we met as bootcamp instructors. Uh, we thought there was more to be said after the graduation day. Today we're talking about how to field interview questions that go beyond the range of your practical experience. We got a question on LinkedIn recently about um, what do I do when I am asked in an interview, why did I use React? Mm-hmm. And the answer is simply because it's what I was taught and it's what I would know, but is there a better answer to that question? And this got us thinking about a lot of other things, but we'll start here and probably spin out a bit and try and bring it all back around in the end to something coherent and helpful. Yeah, I would start to say that, because uh, we've been thinking and, and talk about this for a while, uh, I simultaneously hate this question, mostly because I hate all interview questions. But also, when we do mock technical interviews uh, for graduating students, uh, I always ask a version of this question. And I'm like thinking, like, what do I want? Uh, what do I want to hear from that? Like, why am I actually asking it, given that I kind of hate it? I kind of want to figure out whether or not I have a live one. If I think about it, I don't know if I even have a a specific, really satisfying answer in mind. Or almost the the closer I stare at that question, the harder it feels to like pin down a direct answer to it. The first thing I want to say to that question uh, is that there's actually nothing wrong with the answer because it's what I know. Right. I mean the the cost of learning a new framework is very high. And so one framework would have to pretty drastically outshine the other, especially on, you know, a project that you're not going to to maintain over the long term to be a better bet than what you already know. If you can be productive with one framework, because it's what I know, can be a perfectly fine answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like the sometimes in that question is not only what did you know, but what did the people around you know as well? Like it probably would have been ridiculous to use Angular at an environment where everybody knew React the best. Right. And I think that to recognize yourself as part of a team and to recognize the productivity gains that come from making decisions with your team in mind is something that that would reflect well on you in an interview situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that maybe like I kind of glibly said a live one. Uh, <laughs> and when you said member of a team, I think a lot of what I'm doing when I'm trying to gauge somebody else in an interview is to like, project in my mind, can I conceive of them doing the job? And uh, while like a, an intellectually or academically sound answer to that question is by no means bad, uh, if it's a very dry answer, it sort of, it, it doesn't fulfill the possibility of giving me a, a clue of what it's going to be like to work with that person. Uh, and ultimately, like, that's the, that's the answer I'm trying to get to is that can I conceive of what it's like for this person to work on this team? And do I think that's going to go well? Yeah, I'm trying to think about the times that I have been in the position to interview someone and the the sorts of questions that I would ask. And 
I I tended to ask a lot of very sort of open-ended questions with kind of a broad surface area to see, especially with juniors. Like I I don't expect a junior if I'm interviewing a junior, I don't expect them to know very much. Um, what I want to see is is someone who has enough self-awareness to recognize their own limits and to recognize the limits of their knowledge. Um, so I guess, yeah, the limits of their knowledge and their limits as a, as a team member, sort of someone who's a, like a, a standout interviewee for me for a junior position is someone who has very good self-awareness and uh, and is obviously able to learn if the things that you know sort of only half overlap with with the you know particular technologies that we're using in house if i'm interviewing for a junior position i'm not worried about that very much so i i think the tendency to feel like you have to know the answer to any question thrown at you, or you have to know, you know, have an encyclopedic understanding of, of every library that you might be asked about uh, is a very understandable feeling, but I think it is a, it is a sort of flawed mindset to go into, a, to go into a, a, an interview with. Uh, when you're saying that it, it sort of clued into me, uh, a thought that I've been having about this topic uh, and the idea of prag pragmatism. Uh, that's one thing I'm looking for a lot in any developers. Sort of, you have maybe used a lot of tools, you have a lot of experiences, uh, but if you don't have that like inner core of, of pragmatism at any level of uh, experience, I think there are probably going to be some difficulties or problems that I'd rather avoid. So. I think maybe like what I'm looking for in this response is more than do you, did you walk in the door with the answer? Uh, do you have a pragmatic response to the situation that you're put in by having the question asked of you? So if I ask you the question, why do you use React? And maybe you haven't had enough experience to really think through a great you know, answer for that. Uh, well, now you're in a situation where you've been asked a question that you do not have a great answer to, but there is a pragmatic response to that situation. Uh, and I think it, sometimes it is like, you know, being straightforward and, and, and knowing, as you said, the, your own limits and uh, not having like a fear of those limits, but being able to engage with those limits to say, oh, I haven't thought much about it because that's, uh, you know, I only started programming six months ago and what was I going to do? I was going to go learn from somebody. Uh, they taught me a tool. I was able to get productive with that tool. And then my next step was go to an interview. Uh, that if I got a response that was sort of in that that realm, I'd be like, okay, great. This is someone who is sort of self-aware and responds pragmatically to situations that at face value might seem like a, like, like a loss uh, or a problem, but maybe not actually a problem. And it opens the door to then start talking about the things you've observed using the tools that you have used. Like that is something, you know, again, if I, if, if I, you don't know anything else, but you can speak intelligently about what you've experienced working with this tool. Um, I, I think that that, 
could be a very, very powerful, I don't know, powerful is, uh, is, is too strong, but um, would be a strong, a strong sort of tack to take, to, to be able to um, describe the, the particular, my words are failing me here, um, to describe your experience of working with this tool. Um, to describe the particulars of it and to, especially if you've noticed any sort of shortcomings with it or any complexity that you feel like, oh, maybe this actually could have been solved in a simpler way with a different tool or I need, would would have done better with a more complex tool to solve this problem over here, but I didn't know what it was. Uh, but I was working, you know, I had two weeks to finish my capstone project and didn't have enough time to research much further, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Trying to think about like what what would I want to do if I wanted to get better at answering this type of question? Uh, sort of maybe I can think of it on a couple of lanes. One is uh, so you and I have been uh, talking about this question in a way that I think is uh, very. Uh, like when we are in an interview, we're not necessarily looking for the correct answer to this question. Uh, there may be other ways of interviewing that some people might actually approach this question and, and think that there is a, a better answer uh, that is sort of specific. Uh, so something might be like, how can I practice at having more answers? Uh, and how can I practice at uh, getting more comfortable uh, with, uh, as you said, like being aware of my limitations and uh, sharing what experience I do have without worrying too much that it's not enough experience. Yeah, I think one of the things I used to to advise uh, outgoing seniors to do is to pick some file in some project that they've done and just walk through it and start describing line by line everything they could describe about it in the most specific language that they were able to use. And that everything from, you know, on this line, I am passing these arguments to this function to I wrote this function to solve this problem. And to really just pick out every single thing you can talk about in in just a single file um, as practice for describing the work that you had been doing and for using uh, you know, for using precise language, uh, and for, for being able to speak technically when put on the spot. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, when you were talking about that as like, as, as in detail as you can, uh, like I think of like yeah like knowing and and labeling for myself the different categories of specificity about which I can talk about code uh, has been something that uh, the the more categories of labels I I have the more confident I feel in my ability to talk about it is if I know what I'm talking about so am I talking about it on a syntax level uh, or am I talking it at a uh, an API level. So I'm, I'm using the different parts of the tool that I'm using. So for React, that might be, I'm using the life cycle hooks or I'm using uh, hooks or I'm using uh, uh, JSX. Uh, 
versus like, am I talking about JavaScript that I'm literally using a method call where I'm using a variable assignment where I'm using uh, an array literal? Or am I talking more on like a broader architectural pattern kind of scope where I have a client server architecture is the thing that's driving some of the decision-making in this file. Uh, And I, I think I, it's almost like I'm building up that list of categories, but I haven't written it down anywhere. And I feel like if, if I had written that list down, uh, I would have, well, I'd have it in front of me. Uh, but if I had that list of categories of ways to talk about code, if I had made that early in my career, I, I think I, I would have been uh, able to talk more specifically about my code and my my knowledge better faster. Uh, if, if I could start to to recognize, oh, uh, th- this person is asking me about React. Uh, are they asking me about uh, React in the terms of the React API, or are they asking me where does React fit into a client server ar- architecture? And am I am I answering this question at the scale that doesn't match? where they want the answer to to come from yeah that that's a that makes a lot of sense and i think that it is a more general uh generally applicable piece of advice that you can kind of infinitely zoom in or zoom out of the work that you're doing when you're writing software and being able to to think about and talk about the, the correct level or the, the relevant level of detail is an incredibly valuable skill. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I find it incredibly frustrating when, you know, we're sort of, you can sort of be having sort of high level architectural discussions with uh, a, a team member and they immediately start talking through weird optimization bottlenecks that could occur and you're you that that, like that's the furthest thing from your mind right now you're just thinking about you know how are we going to lay out the components of this system we can figure out optimizing specific calls later but i think being able to to comfortably move up and down the conceptual stack uh is a is a very valuable skill to be able to speak you know, look for patterns in the the larger architecture of your application. Be able to, you know, read up, certainly read up on design patterns. There are lots and lots of people have written formally about a lot of these things, but even without having formal understanding of many of the, the design patterns available to you, what do you see? What are the observations that you can make about how web applications go together? And practice talking about them at whatever level you are comfortable. Yeah, what 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 came to mind there is I was trying to think about uh, does that apply to any of the interviews that that I give? Uh, and so I have done interviews in uh, for actual hiring in the past. That's a couple years past me now because I'm doing teaching full time. Uh, but every uh, every month and a half, I do a bunch of mock technical interviews, and I think my experience is that if I feel like the interview is going well, one of the things that often goes with that 
is the student is very able to fluidly adapt to uh, what level of detail I'm asking about. Because uh, I will ask more questions that are sort of like more broad questions where I'm saying, hey, will you pontificate on this subject for a moment? Uh, and they're able to pontificate. And then I'll switch gears to a very specific JavaScript syntax question. And they can adapt to that level very quickly. Uh, whereas student interviews that I feel like don't go as well are ones where uh, like maybe at the specific syntax level, a student has a, an easy time answering that question. But if it's more of a, a general, just elaborate on your thoughts uh, are not as forthcoming. So I, I think it would help to sort of figure out uh, what types of questions am I more comfortable with? Uh, am I more comfortable with syntax or am I more comfortable uh, speaking generally and try to focus my, my practice and my training on that? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, one man's opinion, but when I was doing interviews, it's, it's also been a few years for me doing when I, since I've been in a, a position to be interviewing engineers, but I am almost never especially interested in someone's ability, like someone's command of the syntax. I assume that if you're doing this, if you can speak intelligently a little bit higher level, I'm going to assume that you have the syntax more or less down, or I will figure out pretty quickly that you don't. Um, but that, that I, I never really felt like a, the sort of JavaScript trivia or, you know, syntax trivia questions that go in an interview are, were especially helpful. Um, that's, you know, that's just my opinion. That's yeah. the, that, that probably, honestly, that probably reflects my own path to, to professional engineering, you know, professional software development is, um, I am self-taught. I got started kind of at the high level, being able to piece together really sort of large pre-built pieces of code and, and make them work together and understand them and then sort of worked my way down. I didn't come out of a CS program. I don't have a CS degree. So I came to a lot of the CS fundamentals later in my career. So I don't, it's not that I don't value them, but I tend, it's not where I tend to look first when I'm trying to evaluate whether someone could be productive in a, in a job. Yeah, I think I am, my, my personal inclination is very much the same. Uh, but I guess for some reason, and maybe like, this is just sort of my, my general, like showing my opinion about the software development world, uh, is that my fear is that that, that perspective is rarer, uh, or at least not maybe. universal. And so I want to make sure that students have like, a some experience and like, so like if you were interviewing with me and I was actually looking to hire you, I probably, I agree. I wouldn't spend much, if any time, uh, trying to catch you out, uh, on specific, uh, you know, like, did you put the dot in the right place kind of stuff? Uh, yeah. kind of assume that that will. I don't know what, what my assumption is there, but I, I, I kind of think like from working with people, uh, the, the things that I'm like, oh yes, I'm glad that I'm working with this person rarely comes in at that level. 
uh, yeah. and almost always comes in at, at the uh, at, at the bigger picture thinking and problem solving skills. And so yeah. I, I definitely I think that this is part of why when it sort of the 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 prompt question was why do we use React and my my, my answer was oh I hate this question uh, and I think it's it's because uh, I think there are a lot more useful ways to try and engage with somebody in an interview to understand what they're like as a thinker and a problem solver. Mm -hmm. Agree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we probably, I don't know, people want to, uh, but it also made a little bit, somebody asked this, this question. So like, I don't hate that someone wants help with this question. Uh, yeah, I think it's sure. sort of like it's a type of question that I have struggled with, and so I, I have that kind of relationship with it. Yeah, I think like a a type of struggle that I've had with this question uh, early on in my career as an interviewer is after some interviews, I, I was sort of observing myself and trying to like understand how, what am I doing in interviews, and one of the things that I, I recognized that I was doing is I was playing this mental game as I was answering these types of questions, uh, trying to figure out, well, clearly they know the answer to this question. So am I giving too much detail? Uh, Am I boring them with my answer? Uh, Which is like a a different way to think about it than am I wrong? And I think it sort of, it inhibited me a lot from giving a genuine answer of what I truly think or believe or whatever my experience has gotten me to this point to be able to say. And after thinking about it, and it took a little while, but I was able to essentially get out of my head about answering this kind of question. Uh, I have some experience with with talking about these interviews with students where I'll split my interview into uh, uh, the, the the first two thirds uh, will role play as an interviewer, and then the last third will review and sort of talk about and give feedback about uh, the questions. And what I found is almost almost without fail, uh, in the last third of that in- interview, when I'm now just a friendly instructor again, everybody appears to be much smarter uh, and give better an- an- answers and, and know more. Uh, and I yeah. think a lot of that comes from this psychological game of, of trying to, to, to figure out, do I know how to answer this question rather than let the answer from within come out? An interview is a performance that we don't do very often. Uh, and so it, it's not something like you can do a practice interview, you can uh, try to psych yourself up for it, but it's kind of like, until you actually get out there and the stakes are real, uh, you're not going to know exactly how you're going to respond to that situation. Uh, and it can definitely help to reflect and talk about it in practice, but it is a, it's a performance. And so to think about it in the way that a performer might think about performance uh, is useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised we made it about 26 minutes into this recording without uh, talking about theater or improv. Uh, but it is, uh, right. A, in a job interview is very much an improvised performance. You don't get to like get a list of questions on the way in and then prep your answers and then sit up in front of them and, and say, speak your perfect script. 
you really do have to respond dynamically to a shifting situation, which is what are they asking of me right now? Uh, and having some level of, of, of comfort of speaking uh, spontaneously can be very, very, very helpful. The best advice that you could give anybody for an interview is to know everything, right? And, but that would be impossible. <laughs> right. But if you could know everything, then you would like, that'd be great. Because uh, you'd know all the information and you'd already know how to answer every possible question. Uh, but short of that, it's like, know how to express what you do know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that was often advice I would give is to always try to bring the conversation back around to what you do know and what you are confident in, even if you're talking about something that you're not familiar with, to be able to, you know, if, if the interviewer asks you, for instance, you know, like, uh, what can you tell me about, I don't know. Uh, give me some esoteric esoteric database. Uh, like Neo4j? Sure. What can you tell me about Neo4j? Um, and you can say, I don't know anything about Neo4j. <laughs> um, I am familiar with Postgres. Can you tell me how they relate? Maybe I could answer using Postgres. That to me, especially if I'm interviewing a junior developer, is a totally acceptable response to that question because it leaves open the possibility of further intelligent discussion where I can, like you say, sort of sort of see if I have a live one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can say, you, it could go sort of one of three ways. One is the interviewer says, well, we really need someone who knows Neo4j. Thanks for your time. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, but probably you wouldn't be there if that was the case. <laughs> right. If they, if you got all the way to the interview phase and they hadn't taken the time to ask you whether or not you knew what Neo4j was or had used it, uh, that's kind of on them. And you should right. not feel bad about that, that interview going wrong for that reason. Right. Uh, but the other two ways it could go are you can, you know, the interviewer might say, oh, yeah, just use Postgres. Tell me, tell me how you would do this in Postgres. That's fine. Congrats, you just won. You like great. You're back in the world that that you know and you can speak confidently and intelligently. Nice job. Um and then the sort of hybrid is and actually I find that there there's often a lot of opportunity to really impress someone here is the interviewer would say especially if they're a smart interviewer and recognize sort of what the limitations of an incoming junior might be they would say, well, Neo4j is a graph database um, where Postgres is a relational database. From there, and sort of let that sit. And you, as the interviewer, might be able to pick up on that and say, in either you know what a graph database is and say, great, I understand the basics of a graph database and how they compare to Postgres. Or you might not, at which point you might say, I really don't know how what a graph database is what's what's a graph database do that a relational database doesn't and again the interviewer might say thanks for your time but probably not if you've gotten this far they probably want to talk a little more mm-hmm. and a good interviewer will say well you know how joins are expensive in a relational database a graph database solves that uh and and that opens up further conversations 
that you at like if you are on your game as an interviewee to start picking up on some of those things like what do you know about relational databases do you know why joins are expensive in a relational database you can then even if you don't infer how neo4j solves that just the very question just your very ability to ask from there oh well here's what i know about why joins are expensive in a in a relational database can you tell me how does how does neo4j solve that now you're now you're speaking intelligently to a potential uh colleague right mm -hmm. you have again the opportunity even without knowing the answer to what someone has asked you you have the opportunity to at the very least learn something which is mm -hmm. never a bad thing um and at at best show your ability to learn something and show your ability to be inquisitive and to intelligently discuss new technologies because no no technologist knows everything you're always learning something you always are pushing at the limits of what you know so to demonstrate your ability to do that shows me that you are potentially a very valuable team member. Yeah, uh, I think what that just made me think about is is like that. That's another case where uh, you are are demonstrating through the way that you perform in the interview these sort of meta skills that are really important on the job, right? Is sort of demonstrating that intellectual curiosity, demonstrating uh, your ability to apply uh, knowledge from one context into another, that uh, even if I wasn't going to be using Neo4j on the job site from your example, uh, seeing in, uh, somebody compare those two things uh, on the fly would be like, oh yeah, now like I see that you have uh, you practice that that mental skill set of applying things from one context to another, uh, which doing computer pro programming like you you do. So that's a chance to to demonstrate that skill, right? I, I think uh, what seems exciting about that is a way to think about the interview and these questions is that so like a okay outcome of an interview is that you demonstrated knowledge of specific things. A great outcome of, of an interview is that through conversation, you demonstrated skills. Uh, and it, I think the, the way that you described answering that question like pins into that really well, that uh, by answering in conversation, you demonstrated a problem-solving skill or like a component of a problem-solving skill. Uh, I think I, I thought of like one other bit of advice that I, I give to students at this interview phase, which feels kind of similar to that, which is if you get asked a question where, uh, let's say you get asked about something and you do know it, uh, like, so if I was using Postgres as a database uh, and someone asked me a question about, uh, well, how would you use Postgres to uh, save a form? And on the spot for the life of me, I don't know how to answer that question in the abstract. Uh, a great thing to do would be say like, oh, you know what? I don't have a, an answer for that, but I can tell you about a time that I did it. Uh, and then literally like scroll back in your mind, like when was the last time that I wrote some code 
that addressed that question and then set it up like, like a story. Uh, you can even start to mention like we were building, uh, so a lot project a lot of our students do is an e-commerce project. So you say we were building an e-commerce project and I was working on a, a use case for uh, being able to, uh, let's say, add an item to the cart. And so I had my work ticket and I needed to add a button to a component and that needed to uh, submit an HTTP post request to the endpoint. It was the route was something like uh, API slash products, I know API slash cart slash items. Uh, and I was posting this data and by turning it into a recollection of an event uh, rather than a generation of an answer, I think you have a, a, a better chance of, of getting there eventually. And as a side effect, uh, by telling this concrete story, you are also telling me that you have done an agile process. You have written React components. You know what HTTP is. I mentioned post as a verb. Uh, I used the vocabulary endpoint and route, and I described uh, the different paths segments of a route. So I got a, a by almost failing to answer the question directly and, and falling back on a, a story of a time that I did that, I actually gave like six or seven other like very concise, uh, dense pieces of, of other parts of the stack and how they tie to together. And I've, I've had some students be able to, uh, I sometimes give that advice before the interviews start and sometimes students will fall back on it. And it's like, ah, oh, yes, that, uh, it puts me at, at ease as an interviewer to hear somebody tell a, a realistic, true story about software development. It does a really good job of uh, making me able to conceive of like, what would it be like to work with this person? Well, now I, I have a, a, a real story to transpose into what I need them to do. That's all I got. That was my last thing. Yeah, I was going to say I don't have I don't have anything to to say to that. Ironically, shall we wrap it up, Colin? Yeah, I think this is a good time to wrap it up. 